Mike, what's up, buddy? How are you? Spicy? And Italian. Everything on both, brother? Yes, sir. Thank you. It's lunchtime on a Friday, and people are lining up at Jim Graziano's Italian sub shop in Chicago. Jim's behind the counter, writing orders on brown paper bags with a red Sharpie. His sister and a few other staff members slice the meat to order, assemble the sandwiches, and wrap them in generous sheets of white butcher paper torn from a large roll. Customers pay at a small window, where you can usually find Jim's mother working. Then they pick up their brown paper bags and are out the door. Two spicy spills. J.P. Graziano Grocery Company, the business that Jim's great-grandfather started in 1937, used to be a wholesaler of specialty Italian products, selling to independent grocery stores and restaurants. Some adventurous grocery shoppers managed to find their way to the store, too. They were a retail customer because they didn't own a restaurant. But they bought as if they owned restaurants. And a family would come in, Usually, you know, the mom, her sister, and a brother-in-law or something like that and would proceed to buy six cases of pasta, ten cases of tomatoes, two forms of cheese, 20 pounds of oregano, gallons of vinegar. But they would split it up for the family. That's how they were used to buying. So when people actually started to live in what is now called the West Loop, and someone would walk in and want a one-pound bag of pasta and a quarter pound of cheese cut off the form, I could see my Uncle Paul, like, it would, like, kind of hurt his head a little. You know, what are you going to do with a quarter pound of cheese? What are you going to do for cheese tomorrow? Around 2007, Jim looked around the neighborhood and thought it might be a good idea to start making sandwiches. I felt... I had a beat on the direction the neighborhood was going, that this was getting to be like a cool neighborhood. We still had a lot of art galleries around. How do we get more people in the door? It made sense. We have everything for a sandwich. We need some produce. We need some bread. It's not like it hadn't been done before. So we tried it. My dad always let me try a lot of things in the business. J.P. Graziano is located about a mile west of Chicago's downtown in the West Loop neighborhood. More specifically, the sandwich shop is part of an area called Fulton Market, which has been known as a food market since the 1850s. J.P. Graziano was once one of dozens of wholesalers specializing in agricultural products, meat, poultry, and fish, all occupying distinctive low-rise warehouse buildings. Fulton Market is Chicago's oldest and last remaining food market. But the changes that Jim Graziano anticipated 10 years ago have transformed the economy of the West Loop, attracting fine dining restaurants, tech companies, and luxury condos. Google is moving 500-plus employees into a 550,000-square-foot building that used to be a cold storage facility. Nobu Hospitality, the company in which actor Robert De Niro is an investor, is planning to open a luxury hotel and restaurant next year. For as much as I like to see the development of the neighborhood, I don't want to see the development of the neighborhood at the expense of what makes this neighborhood cool and unique to begin with. Having a fruit and vegetable guy, having the dry grocer guy, having the fish houses, having the butchers, that's why this neighborhood is what it is. There's a grit and a feel in this neighborhood that this neighborhood was built on. So we need to keep people like that. The heart of the neighborhood is in the people that run these businesses. 
Welcome to The Distance, a podcast about longevity in business. I'm Waylon Wong. On this episode, you'll hear from two old line Fulton Market businesses, one that reinvented itself as the neighborhood changed and one that is deciding whether to stay or go. We are a production of Basecamp, the leading project management app for keeping everyone on the same page. Last week, another 4,748 companies signed up to run their projects with Basecamp, and you can try it free for 60 days at basecamp.com slash the distance. My uncle and my father started their business back in 1961, and they were both immigrants from Greece and were predominantly a wholesale food distributor. This is Jim Morales. He owns a company called Quality Food Products, located just a block north of J.P. Graziano. Growing up as a kid in the beginning, not only were we a wholesale food distributor, but we had a little grocery store on the corner of Randolph and Sagamon Street. So it was two businesses. As far as the area back then, there was a lot of winos on the street. There was a lot of prostitutes on the street. As a kid, I remember pitching quarters with the winos. I remember talking to the prostitutes because they would always hang out on the corners. So it was, it was an experience. Jim Morales' uncle and father started out by selling butter, eggs, and cheese. Today, the company sells produce and canned goods in addition to dairy products, and the little grocery store is gone. Quality Foods customers are independent wholesalers who redistribute products to local restaurants. Get here about 1.30 in the morning. The order pickers come at 2. At that time, maybe 30% of the orders have been faxed in, so we get the orders ready, process the orders so that they're picked. The bulk of our customers come in between 3 and 8 o'clock in the morning. The reason being is they need to load up their trucks. They need to buy other stuff other than from us, from other vendors down here. And a lot of the restaurants want their deliveries before noon. Jim Morales' workday ends around noon or 1 p.m., and he's in bed by 6 in the evening. His father worked these hours, too. During Jim's weekends and days off from school, he would stay up all night so he could go to work with his dad the next day. It was the only time he got to see his dad. A lot of the business owners in Fulton Market are on the same schedule. The early morning activity, trucks pulling in and out of warehouse parking lots and loading docks, is a daily reminder of the way the businesses here complement each other. But some of that is going away. What makes our customers competitive with the larger food service businesses, the broadliners, is that we, you know, within a six-block radius, our independents can buy anything that a restaurant could possibly want. As people start moving out of this area, it would be unfeasible for them to spend, they don't have time to spend three dollars in the morning to load up their trucks. Before, they'd have to go a block or two and they can get anything that they wanted within a, literally a five-block radius. But as businesses continue to move, it's either those customers are going to stop handling certain meats or are going to start handling certain produce. They just won't be able to accommodate the restaurants as they were accommodating. Quality food products doesn't sell meat, so Jim Morales' customers rely on other suppliers in the area to make their trips efficient. When Jim was growing up, meatpacking was a big part of the Fulton Market economy. He'd see people running up and down the street with slabs of beef, pork, and lamb on their shoulders. But some of the larger meatpackers outgrew their facilities and started moving out of the neighborhood about 10 years ago. Jim's company was growing too, so three years ago, he bought a piece of land a little bit west of his current building. That location was chosen because it was close to here. 
so it was still easy enough for our customers to come back to the meat markets. Well, sort of things changed in the last couple of years, um, and then no one's moving anywhere near here. People are either selling out or moving further west or further south, and a few have left and gone into Indiana and Wisconsin. We haven't done anything. It's just vacant land there, so we're just going to wait to see just to get a little bit more direction how things go. There's enough room there to build an additional building to house some of the meat guys if they want to go to move with us. That was also a thought, but it's all in the planning stages. One important variable in Jim Morales' planning is a proposal from the Commission on Chicago Landmarks to designate 87 Fulton Market buildings as landmarks, meaning the properties can't be demolished or significantly altered. His building would be landmarked, as would Jim Graziano's property. The landmarking proposal, which still needs approval from the city council, is part of a larger municipal plan to encourage growth and development in the neighborhood while preserving the district's industrial character. But many business owners, including Jim Morales, oppose the landmarking. They're concerned that the restrictions will keep them from making renovations, like if Jim wanted to expand his loading docks. They say the city has been arbitrary in choosing which properties will be landmarked, designating some but not others nearby. Others worry that landmarking will make their buildings less desirable for developers and decrease what they could get from selling their properties if they decide to move. Jim Morales says he believes city officials conducted extensive due diligence, but he's disappointed in what came out of the process. They definitely spent a lot of time doing their homework as they were presenting. I was just upset they didn't. They could have spent a fraction of that time trying to figure out how to relocate us as a group. Much more time was spent in preserving the buildings than was spent on preserving the businesses, which to me doesn't make any sense. It's the same sentiment you heard from Jim Graziano at the beginning of the episode when he talked about how Fulton Market's longtime business owners are the heart of the neighborhood. But Jim Graziano and Jim Morales find themselves in different positions. For quality food products, the neighborhood no longer offers the same kind of economic advantages it used to. For J.P. Graziano Grocery Company, which sells 500 to 750 sandwiches on a busy summer afternoon, more condo dwellers and office workers in the neighborhood means more lunch business. Jim Graziano doesn't oppose the landmarking because he doesn't think it will affect his ability to run the store. Even so, the changing vibe of the neighborhood is bittersweet for him. And in the neighborhood, feelings about the landmarking issue run deep. It's not just about cold economic calculations. It's about livelihoods and legacies. Jim Graziano feels conflicted when he sees new development in the area, like Google's impending arrival or the opening of a men's clothing boutique down the street from his store. These are all very, very good signs for the longevity and sustainability of a neighborhood and how we change the business that we conduct. That's what I need to continue to evolving and be successful in this business. Sometimes it's hard for me to say out loud because our longest and oldest friends in this neighborhood are now on the other side of that coin. They don't care if anybody else moves into this neighborhood. They don't need condos to be built. The less congestion, the better. These guys are running multiple semis in and out of their businesses. We all know how the tight streets and the odd service drives and, you know, Lake Street and It's not easy to get around here in general, much less if you're driving a semi and trying to conduct major business as they are.
At the heart of the debate around the landmarking proposal and how to manage growth in the area is the question, what makes a neighborhood? And what's worth preserving as one economic center of a neighborhood gives way to another? For Jim Graziano, if the meatpacking and wholesaling district isn't coming back, then maybe it should just be about saving the buildings. Unfortunately, I feel we will see the end of the market as, you know, I knew it, and many people in this neighborhood knew it 10, 15, 20 years ago. That's going away, if you like it or not. But the look and the feel to hold on to that, if you're going to hold on to something, it's better than turning this into Disneyland and having 18-story hotels. That's not what this is. Both Jim Morales and Jim Graziano have fielded their share of phone calls and inquiries from real estate developers, but neither of them is interested in selling. Jim Morales still has to decide whether to build a new facility on his vacant land and what to do with the old building if that happens. And Jim Graziano? He's going to stay put and keep making sandwiches. Still today, I'm blown away by that my store now is a sandwich shop first and almost exclusively, and that you know, now I'm providing for my wife and daughter. The fifth generation is being provided for by Graziano's on the corner of Randolph and Peoria, like it always has been. And even if we do it a little different, the heart of this place is still the same and will never change. And that's what matters most to me. I've seen ridiculous offers. I've seen amazing offers. And you know, offers that I sometimes think to myself, how did I say no to that? But, you know, and this is just us and our family and our little, you know, corner of this whole neighborhood is, this place isn't a money grab opportunity. This isn't a job, this isn't a career. This is ingrained into me, in in the blood. The Distance is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. Special thanks to Moshe Tamsat for his help with this story, and to Alexia Alejandro Ruiz and Melissa Harris of the Chicago Tribune for their reporting about the Fulton Market landmarking. If you like this episode, we have more stories about long-lasting businesses coming your way. You can find all our past episodes at thedistance.com, and remember to rate and review us on iTunes. We're also on Twitter at DistanceMag. That's at DistanceMag. The Distance is a production of Basecamp, the project management app for keeping everyone on the same page. Give Basecamp a try with your own projects at basecamp.com slash the distance.